Our scripture reading for this Easter weekend comes from John's Gospel in the 20th chapter. That first Easter evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. And then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Back in February of this year, I participated in a leadership event for about 40 pastors in my hometown of Tucson, Arizona. It was wonderful. We learned and laughed and grew together. But I want to tell you about one particular exercise that we did. We were blindfolded and randomly paired up with one other participant. Then we were given 60 seconds to get to know our partner's hands. That's right, their hands. For 60 seconds, we basically held hands, which is weird in general, but when the only hands that you've held for over 35 years are your wife's, it was really weird. And after those awkward 60 seconds, in which we were in complete silence, the facilitators mixed us all up around the room and told us to find our partner without making a sound, still blindfolded. In other words, we had to identify our partner by the feel of their hands. Now, in those earlier 60 seconds, I had noticed that my partner had warm and dry hands that were just a bit bigger than my own. They were a bit rough as if he worked with his hands. He had on a wedding ring, which was just a, a thin, smooth band. But I noticed that the pinky on his left hand was bent at a bit of an odd angle, and the knuckle of that finger had a bump on it. I later learned that he had broken that finger in high school playing football. And it was that old wound that eventually helped me to identify my partner among all the other participants. As I reflected on that experience, I couldn't help but think of our scripture text for today. According to the Gospels,
Jesus had been bodily resurrected, but he must not have looked exactly as he had before because his friends didn't immediately recognize him. Mary thought he was the graveyard gardener until he called her by name. The disciples on the Emmaus Road thought him a perfect stranger until they broke bread together. And in today's scripture reading, they recognized Jesus by his hands. And not just his hands, but the wounds from his crucifixion. Think for a moment how strange it is that when God raised Jesus from the dead, he didn't give him a perfect body. Jesus was resurrected with his wounds, his scars visible for all to see. Now, I've already told God that when I'm resurrected, I want to be 6'2", blonde, and buff. <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus is raised with the wounds of crucifixion in his hands, his feet, and his side. And when his disciples struggle to recognize Jesus, to dare to believe that it's him, Jesus points them to his scars. Which raises the question, what's the significance of those scars? Well, I suppose one reason could be that it was sure and certain proof that Jesus was indeed Jesus. I mean, the disciples had seen him crucified and no one expected to see him alive again. Seeing those scars would have helped to convince them that this man before them was indeed Jesus. But I can't help but think that there is more. In the book of Revelation, we get a glimpse of heaven, a glimpse that's filled with symbolism. And Jesus is portrayed as a lamb who was slain. Worthy is the lamb who was slain, it says. It says, then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne. Friends, even in heaven, it seems, Jesus bears the scars of his crucifixion. And those scars tell a story. Scars do that, don't they? They tell stories from our lives. I have a scar on my forehead from a time when I was a little boy, and though my mother had told me never to run in the house, I did anyway, and I tripped and fell headlong into the leg of our dining room table, splitting my head open and requiring stitches. I have a scar on my abdomen from 2013 when I donated a kidney for a friend in need, and a scar on my left hip from a hip replacement reminding me that I'm getting old and falling apart. <laughs> Stories come from our scars, don't they? They tell the story of our lives. I remember years ago watching an interview with Evil Knievel. You remember him? The daredevil that used to do crazy jumps on his motorcycle? And during this particular interview, he showed the television host a number of his scars and told the story behind each one. This one, he says, was from a time when I jumped over 21 city buses on my motorcycle. Unfortunately, there were 23 buses lined up, and I didn't make it over the last two, he said. <laughs> Every scar tells a story. I fell down on the sidewalk because I was playing Pokemon Go and not paying attention. <laughs> Do you have any scars? 
Uh, I don't think I do. Most of my scars are gone. I was a very safe child. <laughs> my wounds are internal. Do you have any scars? Uh, I do have scars. Do you have any scars? I do. It's a muffler burn. Cooking. I can't cook very well, so I have like a bunch of oven burns. This is from making waffles. By trying to grab a frog, these reeds would cut me, and I was like, wait, a reed can cut me open? Do you have any scars? My brother pushed a swing into my forehead when I was a baby. I got sliced. Burnt. Elbowed. Shaved a piece of my ankle. Busted my chin. Banged my head. Broke my foot. Dropped the weight on my knee. Got my chest pierced. Bit by a dog. Almost got my hand cut off. Glass in my wrist. Barbed wire fence. Stairs. Paper shredder. Boulder. Belt buckle. Motorcycle. Pipe. Oh. Scooter. I took a dollar out of the altar, tripped and hit the concrete and it hit me dead in the face and put that dollar back. I had a huge cyst full of MRSA. It just started out as a weird bump. I had a tumor removed. Possibly cancerous. BB gun. I didn't want to tell my mother what happened, so I just let it bleed. I covered it up, put some alcohol on it, and it left a scar for life. And Jesus's scars tell a story. It's a story of a love that is stronger than death, strong enough to breathe new life into the deadness of our guilt and shame. It's a story of standing strong against abusive power that benefits a few and marginalizes the many and invites us to do the same. It's a story of grace that sets people free to be more fully alive. It's a story that proclaims the promise that we are never alone, never forsaken, never without hope. And it's a story that reminds us that God meets us in the wounded places of our own lives. A reminder that our brokenness doesn't separate us from God, but merely opens us to God's healing love and grace. Friends, I'm guessing that every one of us here today has a scar or two on their bodies. And each one tells a story. And for many of us, the deepest scars we bear are actually the ones that can't be seen. The scars we bear on our minds from our failures and the trauma we've endured, the scars we bear in our hearts from the losses that we've suffered. And so many of us have deep scars from the events of the past couple of years, wounds that are still tender to the touch. So often we want to hide our scars, to cover them up so no one sees them, as if they make us somehow less valuable, less lovable. But today, today I want to proclaim to you that it is the scarred places of our lives where Jesus meets us with love and grace and healing. Jesus knows exactly what it feels like to be wounded and betrayed. And Jesus isn't just present in those scarred places of our lives. He also brings the healing power of love and grace to those places. So let me invite you to close your eyes for just a moment. And now put your hand on the place that embodies your deepest wounds and darkest scars. Perhaps it's over your heart or memories in your mind. Wherever it is for you, just place your hand there. Pause for just a moment and lean into the feeling of your pain and woundedness. And now imagine that the warmth of God's love and healing is flowing through your hand and into the wounded place 
of your life and let that feeling fill you up. Breathe deeply and let yourself feel the healing power of God's love at work in you right now. Now, would you pray with me? Jesus, your death and resurrection proclaims new life for each of us and all of us and all of creation. Just as winter turns to spring without our effort, your healing love flows into our lives and without any effort on our part, we experience your healing, sometimes quickly and sometimes slowly. No matter what our story is, no matter what story our scars tell, may our lives tell the story of your love and healing for this wounded world. We pray this in the strong name of Christ and together all God's people said, Amen.